This is Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast where we talk about every entry in the Monster Manual 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. We go entry by entry. We look at the text that the makers of the book, the authors of the book, give you, and we try to make sense of it. We try to piece together how they're trying to sell you on using this creature, what you can do as a DM to maximize the idea that they give you, and we look at the history of the monster in D&D. We look at the mythology and folklore and the culture that it comes from, and we compare it to similar characters or existing tropes in the media landscape that we all are swimming in. I'm the I'm Chris. And I'm Wes. That's Wes. Yeah. Uh, and we do this. And you are listening. So today, we finally made it to the F. We got another letter. Which I think we deserve, I don't know, something. Yeah. It's a weird one. Uh, fairy dragon. <laughs> which, like, we, we kind of mentioned this, I think, at the end of last episode. Uh, that, like, this could have easily been dragon, comma, fairy in the dragon entry. Yeah, as, yeah. as they've established in other entries, I'm sure they had their reasons, something about popularity or where they figured someone was going to flip to. Maybe they had it very uh, deeply researched. Who knows? The thing about a fairy dragon, the reason I called it weird, it's not that it's weird. It's actually like one of the most common, like, deviant art monsters probably out there, you know? Yeah. But but I've never used one, and I've never had the urge to use one. Yeah, I mean, either. Uh, It's it's so whimsical. It is very, like, I could see, see, I've never done, like, a Feywild-heavy campaign, so I could see them coming up a lot in in that kind of setting but like i've never yeah it's yeah we'll we'll read into it and i'll yeah we'll talk about why there's not an inherent problem in the creature but i think that there's like it asks a lot of the dm and the gaming group i think yeah so the entry it's one page fairy dragon it is a cat-sized dragon with butterfly wings a sharp toothed grin and it expresses delight with twitching of its tail, and its merriment only fades if attacked. They are invisible tricksters. The only warning you get is a stifled grin. They stay out of sight. They watch invisibly as its victims contend with its pranks. When the fun is over, it might reveal itself depending on the disposition of its, quote, prey. They are friendly and bright. They have a sharp mind. They like treasures and good company. They have a puckish sense of humor. Travelers, which is code for PCs, can offer them treasures or even just sweets or baked goods or baubles in exchange for safe passage or information. So we have there, you have the invisible tricksters, the stifled grin, watching invisibly as victims contend with pranks. So there's like the, the, the base building yeah. block of the encounter. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, who put all these banana peel- peels on the on the right. path? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, already I'm thinking this is a child's yeah. monster. This is like a a primary school. This is like something that would happen to the, uh, what are those uh, four, those four uh, primary colored um, pseudo bears? Teletubbies? With the weird yeah, Teletubbies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was pseudo bears that got Listen, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not the best way of explaining it, but you understood. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah this is this is uh, baby town frolics. So far, anyways, that would be a great early adventure. Though is like, um, there's a a fairy dragon that is uh, pulling pranks on all the people in a village at the behest of like the 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 children in the village. Like there's like yeah, oh, the children are doing <clears throat> well. It? Yeah, it's friends with the children, so it's it's pranking all the or maybe maybe it's 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 the other way around. But I just I it would it would be great. Like look, there's a problem in our gnome preschool. Uh, there pranks are happening <laughs> everywhere, and like we 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 
figured it was the kids, but it wasn't the kids. Something's going on. You got to figure it out. Like very low stakes. So then you've got, yeah. So then you've got like a kindergarten cop situation yeah. where the, the PCs have to enter this child heavy space without disrupting things too much because they, you know, you can't be kicking kids around without pissing off the village yeah. or, or, or the parents. Yeah. Right. So then you have to like do some investigation and figure out like which kid has uh, got his hands on like the spell picture book and accidentally summoned the the fairy dragon or something like that. Mm, yeah. And if you have a particularly chaotic uh, game master that, that they could have a lot of fun with uh, trying to get straight answers out of the NPC children. So this so to me, the problem with this and many other uh, potential scenarios where the uh the villain is a fairy dragon is is pissing off both the player characters and the players by being so like cheeky and whimsical yeah all the time and and being a dm and having to be like all all like cute yeah totally yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i could see that really wearing out his welcome i think yeah. Yeah. Unless maybe it's one of those things where you have to go further. You have to dig in even further. Like how a joke becomes funny and then is not funny and then is just drilled so far into the ground that it becomes funny again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this is the same thing. I I don't know. But the uh the the friendly and bright paragraph, the sharp mind, they have puckish sense of humor. Uh you can offer them treasures in exchange for stuff. So there's like a more uh, broader approach to the idea. I do love the idea and, that they particularly appreciate like baked goods and sweets. Like that's because a dragon has yeah. always wanted to hoard things and ever, but you've got this cute little cat sized dragon and it just wants like the muffins you just baked for its hoard and it's hoard. It's like a nest yeah. in a tree, you know? Exactly. Because they don't, bake yeah right so like these things would actually be very valuable to them these uh these strange artifacts and and goods from the uh the mundane world and it gives you like an alternate way to use them so instead of there being just like an inexplicable person that they have to like fight through these pranks or just endure these pranks there's now this element of like well they can be bought off for a variety of whatever motivation you have to do so. Then the, the final paragraph is uh, colors of age. So the scales change color depending on their age. They go through the whole rainbow Roy G. Biv spectrum as they get older, and they gain more innate spellcasting ability as they mature. So that's, that's all the description you get of them. So, but they, they set up all these like pranks and stuff, the, their personality. But like pulling pranks on pcs in like a satisfying way like it's just you need more examples i think yeah or like you need more ideas like i don't know especially because they're they're so we know in their stat block they have a really good invisibility yeah they have a limited telepathy so they can talk to you from afar they have a really good invisibility so they can like perform actions and cast spells and stuff while they're invisible uh they have a magical resistance they have a bunch of mostly illusionary spells um, and they have a euphoria gas <laughs> that gets people so high that they can't do anything except wander around in a daze. Yeah. S- yeah. So these are like fine, but the spells, they only get each of them once a day and they get a new one for each like level of age they have. So they have like a maximum at their most, their most dangerous, their most capable. They have seven spells. Right, yeah. One a day. So how many pranks can you do? Like, if they're invisible, they can, like, once you know they're around, you can, like, I just imagine a fairy dragon getting stabbed to death. Yeah, quickly. totally. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to, like, actually, like, get your money's worth out of this, this creature, right? And so immediately my thought was, like, okay, well, maybe not one encounter. Maybe the party is being stalked by a serial prankster, you know? That's like, who keeps yes. doing this? Like, uh, and... Like really small, and, and so they've got the bag of tricks to do all of that, you know, in, in, in yeah. a bunch of different ways. But yeah, like if if you somebody I don't know like rolls a good perception check and uh, is like, look, I'm not messing around with invisible 
things messing with us. Like oh, I'm, sure. I'm going to swing wildly, right? It's just a little, yeah. little cat dragon, you know? So I think you're right. It would, like most, uh, uh, you're kind of expecting, like, it's going to be some violence in most situations in D&D, right? So, like, you you can't really fault players for that. But that kind of also reminds me, like, I don't, it just makes me think of how much I don't understand the joy people get from, like, pulling pranks all the time. Like, I... I <laughs> just pranks yeah in just general. pranks in general i don't like it just always came across to me as like what you just did like a, a shitty thing but like you said oh it was it's it's no it's a category of shitty thing that's okay so it's actually you should be you should think this is funny now that i told you and it just seems like such a strange thing from afar like i know i i'm like i yeah. i it, I'm sure, like, it depends on the prank, but I, like, I'm just thinking of, like, haha, I dumped a bucket of water on you when you opened that door. Didn't think that all the cutlery would fall out of that door because I took the screws out. And, uh, I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. And so I wouldn't have a lot of patience for one of these dragons, I think, if it was, like, capable of invisibility and, like, flights and, uh, just could get a bunch of people, uh, like, super high, uh, when they didn't ask to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like hotboxing the room without everyone's got to work tomorrow but they didn't they didn't sign up for this yeah yeah totally and it's like the april fool's problem it's like if you truly if you do a good april fool's joke like nobody likes you oh yeah totally like a lie if you lie about something important yeah like that's not good. That's a reason the only, we have to do that. Yeah, the only good one I ever witnessed is when I was in, and this is you could just make a fairy dragon do this, so it's it's not a tangent, it's relevant. Um uh uh somebody who was uh in residence when I was in university was prone to leaving their dorm room door open and just like napping in the middle of the day and falling asleep. And uh uh most people were like pretty kind and like close the door and let them alone but like one i think this might have even been on april fools but maybe not because it was close to exam time i think it was just like a random thing but what they did was we got um i i was a, an observer in this <laughs> got mm-hmm. just a ton of like red solo cups right uh, uh and filled them with water and then just lined the floor mm-hmm. around the dorm room with cups of water so that they couldn't get out without spilling a bunch of water um but then the prank really only lasted as long as they got up uh, saw what had happened. Uh, I did think it was funny, and then everybody involved uh helped them clean it up. So there was no because what are you <laughs> gonna so do? Just like all right, see you later. Like deal deal with that. Like I guess that's that's normally how the prank would go, or you don't stick yeah. around to watch. Um, but it seemed like okay, you created like a mock inconvenient situation, but like the humor was more in the unexpectedness than like the 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 intentional Schadenfreude, you know? Yeah. I remember one um at my brother's wedding, his friends they wrapped his toilet in saran wrap. <laughs> but like so tight so that you you could open the first lid and then the seat was still there, but it was the seat was actually wrapped in, in the saran wrap. The yeah. idea being you, you can use your imagination. <laughs> yeah. Um and they were they were giggling about it, and then they started like getting really uh, sour before my very eyes. They just kind of got kind of like really guilty, and <laughs> they were looking at each other like they were in this uh, this game of chicken about who would like break character <laughs> first, <laughs> like who was... and then they eventually went back up and removed it because they didn't want it to go down like that, <laughs> which. <laughs> I've which I've never heard of 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 a that prank or a prank like that being like set up actually being done and then yeah like half an hour later removed because <laughs> they they felt guilty yeah I feel like if you're gonna prank somebody you should somehow be punching up it shouldn't be down or across you got it's it's got to be yeah for sure yeah yeah for sure and I think that that's what they felt.
see here. The the spells it has are Dancing Lights, Mage Hand, Minor Illusion, Color Spray, which I think is a weapon, Mirror Image, Suggestion, Major Image, Hallucinary Terrain, and Polymorph. And I don't think it gets really formidable until maybe Hallucinary Terrain, but they're only, only once a day, even. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe like, I think if you're going to actually have a fairy dragon that's not just going to get stabbed to death right away, uh, just give it all of them and maybe have it a few times a day or even just at will. Like, why not? If they're just illusions. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a, a good natured thing. Yeah. And it is a dragon after all. Like, even if it's just like a little, little fairy dragon guy, it's still, still, still a dragon. So, yeah, they should be like very formidable. I don't understand why there's an age thing. It's a leftover from their original appearance, and I forget what it is. Uh, I think it might be second edition, where they have, you know, we love an ecology, so it describes their colors, and because it's a dragon, you have to deal with the colors. So instead of making a different fairy dragon, we just make it go through the colors of the rainbow for, for however old it is. And then in second edition... In addition to the color changing as it ages, it also has all these other stats that like change minutely as it gets older. Yeah. And this, so this is just like a leftover uh, legacy element of that, which I don't think, like, I don't know what the, there's no reason to use a baby red dragon over an older violet dragon. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, where the, where the juice is in that. Unless you have like a little baby dragon that can only make dancing lights, but then like, why? What is it doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the, but like the difference between like the violet fairy dragon and the red fairy dragon, like there, there, there's a bunch of different stuff they can do, but it's not that significant a difference that you're like, oh, I don't know if the party can handle a violet fairy dragon. Better just throw a, a red one of them instead. You know, like it's, it's not. It's not going to make yeah. a difference. It doesn't yeah. make a difference to their hit points. They have like 14 hit points. Like yeah. they're going to die if they do if they do any of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a weird like little detail there that like also is um like there's a lot of work you got to do when you're picking not that much really like compared to other things, but it just seems it all seems kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I know. And like um of course, you you can just like pick whatever one uh, seems the most appropriate and make it whatever color you want. Like you don't you don't have to go by that, but like they put it there. So I'm just I don't know. I I I'm wondering like what does I guess you're right that it's a holdover from older stuff. But like I'm just wondering what like does them going through the colors of the rainbow as they change? Yeah, what like does that is add? there is there a reason beyond the legacy? And I like to think yeah. that there is, but you can never tell. With some of this stuff. You could, if you wanted to, like, uh, be clever and put work into it, have some kind of puzzle <laughs> involving the fairy okay. dragons. And okay, you gotta figure now we're it talking. Out. Yeah, you gotta figure out, like, okay, well, uh, we, we've got to... <laughs> quickly, uh, create a puzzle uh, as quickly as you can. The, the, the colors uh, of the doors are different uh, shades, and you have to mix the colors together to get the doors to open but to do that you have to um uh deal with the various uh uh, fairy dragons in a fairy dragon colony in the correct order to mix the colors so there's a dungeon yeah that has seven of these motherfuckers in it and you have to catch them all (laughs) yeah yeah you gotta go you gotta go encounter them but they're gonna prank you when you know they're coming after them but then you prank you so hard you can you could explain to them the situation but like no i i was on board with the whole the whole time i just like really wanted to see somebody slip on that uh uh that banana peel you know uh, the banana yeah, pit no, trap yeah the banana the banana punches the, the spiked banana trap yeah i was thinking what what if they were like they, some of them like the as well as age and uh not just magical ability but they could also change <laughs> attitude as they get older like what if the older ones were like like jackass pranks where it's like a mallet to the nuts 
<laughs> type of prank. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hang around. Uh, I I'm I'm just around the corner, and I'm just swinging a chain, and I'm just waiting for you to come through. <laughs> you know. Hmm. Or like, uh, there's all kinds of like weird. Um, like most of the traps that they give you as examples in the DM's guide are, you know, your standard, like tactical traps, pit traps, concealed, yeah. uh, darts shooting out of the wall, but there's no, like, what if it just launched you like as high into the air as you could go over like a body of water? So it's still like, you're not going to die, but it messes you up really bad. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or like for, for some reason you have to like, there's like a, they have to hitch like a, roast chicken to your belt as you crawl over a zip line over like alligator infested yeah. waters or something yeah or just let a let a bunch of goats loose into a small room <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't have to be these necessarily just totally illusions and then that would also be good for uh players expectations because you can set the expectation if they go into this like fairy dragon puzzle dungeon yeah. or whatever situation and they think that they're all just going to be like baby uh whimsy but then it's also like teenage angsty uh super testosterone poisoned yeah <laughs> uh, i yeah that's i i i do love that it's like oh no you you put some uh die on to the the lens of my periscope looking glass thing and like i wasted all the salts and then uh you just get like hit in the back of the head with a spiked bat all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. yeah you see they make you eat a bunch of wasabi yeah the uh one of the other things it tells you one of the paragraphs talks about two ideas for needing to interact with a fairy dragon being gathering information or negotiating safe passage so for getting information i know my players fairly well and i don't see them giving anything to a whimsical dragon in exchange for information i'm i'm picturing something much more sinister yeah at at least at least a little a little bit sinister you know so i don't really know how well that works unless you make it really easy to do or like again, or you make the fairy dragon so difficult to pin down, because like six or four to six player characters are gonna lock down a fairy dragon in a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. And then it's then then it's it's torture time, and then the, you as a DM have to decide. <laughs> like you just make the fairy dragon give it up right away. Otherwise, it's like what what can it do? Unless you could also. Um, make it like part of a, a larger uh, society or situation where it's like not the fairy dragon has enough status that it's it's not a good idea to do this or or something. Yeah, like if it was like a if you're if it, the you know the adventuring party was doing something in the Feywild or it was just in like a very like Fey adjacent you know part of a forest or something. I could see like other sort of like other creatures like not uh uh like being okay with that what be them like other dragons or like maybe there was just like a powerful fae who like they like that fairy dragon and like well mm -hmm. you just uh made an enemy of the seely court now so you know for i like yeah. i i feel like if that would happen you could have there be some kind of <laughs> consequences or just the other fairy dragons find out and they're like all right well i mean all i wanted was a muffin so like get ready to be haunted by pranks <laughs> forever we're invisible and yeah. we can fly so good luck you know yeah they just they then they'll make your life a living hell yeah. with like 20 fairy dragons casting illusions all over you you just have a complete yeah meltdown. like put the fairy and fairy dragon right like <laughs> real mm -hmm. real Real whimsical, but uh, like vindictive. Yeah, make them dance for uh, two weeks or whatever. No sleep. Yeah, it even makes for a good potentially if you make it less of a confrontation and more of uh, like a payment, where the dragon hasn't pissed off the player characters. They don't know how easily they could uh, get their hands on it. 
making it like they have to get the information they want, but they need to get like the king's baker makes a really good blueberry pie. So now the mission is to steal a blueberry pie or somehow get their hands on this particular baked good. Yeah. Which is also like a, a kind of dumb, whimsical adventure, but that could be kind of funny. Like, I'm pretty sure I've made my my players steal a pie recipe or something one time. It's a really good low-level, like, uh, adventure, because it makes the players and the player characters deal with, like, how petty their lives are. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. It's, because uh, a lot of, like, the lives of these adventuring heroes in a D&D campaign, it's like, uh, like, it's, it's, a lot of the time it just falls just shy of like straight up murder hobo territory. <laughs> it's like, okay, mm-hmm. so we're going to wander around and do odd jobs that almost always involve violence. That's that's our life. We have no fixed location and we're just we're just we're just going to go in the world and walk the earth and like see see what happens. Or maybe they have some like bigger thing to do, but like that's that's generally you know, like uh yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. sometimes though um i think it's either that or it gets into like superhero territory yeah, yeah. like uh the critical role people which i'm so i don't listen to it that's just what i kind of guess so if i'm wrong that's the vibe i get yeah. is that it's like you're either doing it like murder hobo or you're doing it like you're pretending you're it's in the mcu or you're um trying to do a lord of the rings thing where there's great destiny yeah. and there's big sweeping events that the characters are uh, intimately involved with but this is i like i i tend to like it more i like the dive bar version a little more usually even when things are high level i like to have weird more grounded or even yeah just like the the circumstances of the adventure itself or the objective are like kind of rooted in these weird uh mundane problems getting a pie yeah and it just like one thing leads to another and yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah the complications snowball and then you might get more involved uh you might reach a more typically epic tier situation there's also the safe passage idea which um kind of sets up a different expectation in that case the dragon needs to be formidable enough to make a a way of travel to make a a road or a pathway like so inconvenient or potentially dangerous to make it something that they need to negotiate yeah i mean it could be like like dancing lights isn't gonna cut it yeah yeah totally (laughs) you know i guess it, it could be like okay this is like this really foggy weird swampy forest you are going to get lost unless you uh like take the right route and only the fairy dragon knows the right way so it could be that kind of like it's not like the fairy dragon is like the gatekeeper or it's like okay this is the only guide you can get so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I think it works well as like an option Mm -hmm. so you can either buy you try to buy off the fairy dragon to find out what it likes or you can just try to proceed and have it mess with you. Yeah. And then you have to survive its its pranks. Yeah. But then you have to think of the pranks. Yeah. This is the whole problem. Like you can't you have to have like some preloaded pranks. Which I guess you could just look at if you really wanted to go the Jackass route, you could just watch an episode of Jackass or a movie and just like copy them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um or you could also have like you can make it so that there's the way people think that it's dangerous because of the illusions but nobody knows that it's a fairy dragon doing it they think it's like there's some horrible monster that lives there or that there's like an impassable swamp that's actually just hallucinary terrain or something you you would actually just rock across it in like a minute but it's it it makes you go around in circles and with all the illusion magic yeah exactly and then spits you back out somewhere you don't want to be or back at the beginning or something also polymorph is a really powerful spell And you could do things with that, like where maybe it has turned like the farmer's prized pig into a beautiful dryad looking creature. Then you have to go retrieve the pig, but the pig doesn't want to be a pig anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
like you, like you may as, you may as well use it as yeah. a gateway into like re- real fairy tale. Oh yeah, territory. I could I could see um like a fairy dragon being a real. Are you familiar with the the character Magic Man from Adventure Time? Magic, Magic Man. Man. Yeah, <laughs> no. he's got a whole arc to himself. But the, in the first episode, he shows up. It's this little wizard guy in a little pointy hat, and he floats around, and he just announces himself like a magic man, and then he turns mm-hmm. Finn into like a giant foot with his face on the like he uh I forget what he turns Jake into, but he just shows up out of nowhere, morphs them into something mm-hmm. weird, and then poofs out of there. He's uh, an extraordinarily powerful wizard, um, and like is just obnoxiously met like he. It was it was a whole ordeal. I don't know. It's um. I could, if you listeners, if you're familiar with Magic Man, you could model a pseudo dragon after. Uh, sorry, fairy dragon. Pseudo dragon's a different one coming up in the future. Yeah. Uh, fairy dragon after Magic Man. I think it would work. Yeah. The the fairy dragon doesn't have to be the end of the the, the branch of like the encounter yeah. or the uh, adventure. Even we often try to like or I do anyways, think about um, sort of highlighting the monsters that we cover as like the big event of a potential encounter and stuff. But it's like, especially because it's a dragon and dragons tend to be the, the larger ones tend to be more like key points on a map yeah. or like anchors in a uh, culture or society or uh, a dominant force in the area. Like a, a fairy dragon could also be, but in a much more, um, less direct way. And uh, I might talk about it later because there's um one of the lines is that has a puckish sense of humor, and the character Puck from A Midsummer Night's Dream is like basically the template, the personality of the uh the fairy dragon as written, and Puck influences the events of the story directly even though he is not really like a um he's not trying to get a particular outcome or he is but he messes up like he's not he's not the important character but his actions have a lot of impact on the the story so having a monster like that in the middle of like a greater problem could be something to do as well and just like the chaos of a good-natured but whimsical uh powerful magic man slash dragon is something you have to yeah. contend like with like i could see um like the right the right fairy dragon in like a like a in the right place you know like a if you i could see like whole like movements and, and and major events and politics changing because of a fairy dragon messing with a noble family in a very chick way right like you could you know have this mm-hmm. little creature be in control of a lot not even like intentionally right but just like it could be you could be the the player characters could be uncovering this conspiracy and like they what what they think is like okay we're gonna figure out what the fantasy illuminati is gonna be doing and they put all the threads together it's like oh there was no plan. It was just a fairy dragon doing all kinds of weird sneaky stuff. <laughs> we had no idea. And it they uh is and you could have like you know, like an ancient red dragon being this like symbol of menace, and you have like a gold dragon being the symbol of like wisdom. Um, but the fairy dragon uh could be sort of almost on the same level, but like a, a more more of like a figure of um uh, uh uh just like chaos and, and whimsy. Yeah, just like a symbol of like coincidence yeah. or yeah, accident or something. Like an accident dragon. The uh oh, I thought I had I wrote down is this cake? I don't know if you're familiar with that um internet thing. Like I think that's one way to do this also is make the illusion so real and so all consuming, all like just completely surround the entire situation with illusions and have the the players realize that everything from the get-go was an illusion. Yeah, have this incredibly dangerous trap-laden dungeon that the players have to like, you know, expertly maneuver through and have it be really the the yeah, actual dungeon then, was made of cake the whole time. 
<laughs> yeah. But again, this, then this runs into the April Fool's problem. <laughs> Surprise, like the there were no problem, stakes at all. <laughs> which is funny because it's like, like I would be kind of pissed off, but like not, maybe not. But it's an, it's an imaginary game yeah. to begin with. <laughs> I know. So to like to feel like tricked inside of the imaginary game, that's a very funny. <laughs> yeah, that that's dangerous. Like if you do that, then you you might like the whole house of cards comes down. It's oh my god, just... how how many layers deep could you go? <laughs> exactly. But you don't. I don't know if you want to do that because when you point no. out that the game you're playing is fake, then people lose immersion. Yeah maybe you know like it doesn't it doesn't always pay to be meta yeah that reminds me of the um xkcd webcomic where the uh and i'm sure this is the a, been a gimmick and lots of other things but like the D game within a D game <laughs> I'm not so they had to distract guards um in order <laughs> to do something else and to do that they're like hang on i've got an idea it is a dice based uh, uh role-playing game and they ex- right. explain the whole thing and they get these so they get all the npcs to play D. so they have this D game within the D game and- that's uh yeah i could i could see my players trying to do something like that um i think that's fine because what you're doing the opposite where you're you're recreating the spirit of the game in the game yeah which is like kind of fun and nice. And you would have to think about like what kind of player character would my player character come up with if they got to choose to role play <laughs> yeah. as somebody else. And that could actually be some some uh some real like uh you know like character building stuff. Yeah. That's actually not bad um cuz cuz I think that it reinforces the game instead of like tearing it down. You could do something like kind of like the I was talking about the pig problem like where it's tied into a greater world like you could and really i I really like the pig that doesn't want to be a pig anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah like things like that where it's like it's you now have these like we we tell weird fairy stories all the time on this show uh where they don't they don't really follow a a nuts and bolts day-to-day logic so then making your players do something like that where like the only way they can turn the pig back into a pig is if i don't know they get uh, I don't know, a, a duck has to howl at the moon or something like that. <laughs> you know, like weird. And then it's up to the, the players to like figure out how to do this. Which is no, you don't provide, because there's there's too like I don't want to fetch quest Yeah, all the yeah. time, you know? Uh, you polymorph a wolf, that's what you do. Got it. Nailed right, it. but then, then you have to have the, then you have an hour-long conversation about whether or not that counts. That's true, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> which, you know, for some players is fun and some not, but that could be good. Things like that. Yeah, you really you really get into the the fairy problem solving. But then I think you should also make I keep saying this, like make the dragon more powerful, even, maybe even so much so that the illusions cannot be broken except by these these ways of solving it. I don't know how you feel about like fiat rules where you just say like nope, that doesn't work because normally I mean... a player could just like I use I use my arcana skill to determine if it's an illusion it's like well yeah you nailed it i had 10 pages of stuff that we were going to go through but you discovered the illusion immediately and oh look they've dogpiled on the fairy dragon and now they're leading it around on a <laughs> on a collar <laughs> it's then it's over i'm okay i'm okay with a with a um hours of prep work preserving fiat rule uh uh-huh. but what i would want to do for myself at least is is um even like later have an explanation like have some kind of explanation for the the thing like it's like so if the um you know the fairy dragon illusions like truly couldn't be broken um i i would want i, I can't I'd have to think about like what sort of thing would be satisfying as an answer, but later on, after the fact that they deal with the illusions that can't be broken, could uncover like, oh no, that's because of um, uh, uh, this very old fairy dragon from before gods made the world the way it is. They made some deal or something, something, you know, or not, not necessarily something like that. But like, I'm okay with fiat rules, but I want, I don't. Uh, you want an in-game reason for it still yeah i want an in-game reason for it like like yeah exactly yeah that's fair for me it would just be like the inherent power of the fairy dragon is such that it can only be 
which is also okay. fine. Yeah, yeah. But then, and but to, then me, but I, to me, that's an explanation too. Like that's right. even that's even enough to me. But then I I can't lean on that all the time, right? If everything, because yeah. then players, when you then you may as well not be playing D anD D because I know like a couple of my players would find that annoying because they build their characters a certain way to be able to handle things like this, and then if you keep making creatures that have effects that can't be touched by normal means, then it's like, well, why did I put why did I choose Arcana as a, as yeah. a skill if I can't use it? Yeah, it's like know? if if, if uh, you use Magic Missile, which always hits, um, if uh, unless you use Shield, and if it doesn't hit something, um, then what like, the hell? It, yeah, then what, yeah, exactly. But then you got to be like, oh, what well, are we doing here? Then you later kill him with a sword, and you find the ring that actually has anti Magic Missile something on it, something right? Like I feel like you can't just be like, no, nah, no. Uh, Misty Step uh, doesn't actually get <laughs> yeah. you across this 30-foot gap. It doesn't work this time, uh, you know, because, like, if you... Because also what you want to do is, like, reward player creativity, I think, yeah. right? And like investigation be, to learn that yeah. there is such a ring and that the enemy might have it. Yeah, like... Ahead of time. If you come up with, like, a really creative way to, like, solve some problem that is uh, at the same level of creativity as, like, me creating the problem in the first place, like, I feel like I would be an asshole to be like, nah, actually, it doesn't work. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. But I just always want to have there be, like, an in-universe reason for things happening. Um, talk about let's look at the fairy dragon in uh in history first in the history of DD itself so it's remained pretty much unchanged um the illustration has pretty much remained unchanged as well it's exactly what it says on the cover i've got no notes it's a looks like a cat-sized dragon with butterfly wings kind of hard to mess up so they weren't in they're not in the monster manual uh ad&d that i have but I think they were in the second edition, which is a different one. And it's more or less the same. But I want to read this little bit because the the slight difference, the slight detail gives maybe more to work with. So fairy dragons make their lairs in the hollows of high trees, preferably near a pond or stream, because they are quite fond of swimming and diving. They often live in the company of a group of pixies or sprites. So then you have like a roaming pack or an encounterable group hanging around a a i imagine like a waterfall situation uh fairy dragons take advantage of every opportunity to wreak mischief on passers-by frequently using forest creatures to help them in their pranks so there you have the idea that they can actually enlist others to take part in these pranks so now you have multi-tiered uh cons yeah happening they got chipmunks tying your legs together like uh like your atat star wars (laughs) All little creatures, like uh, it's like um, the Ewoks. Yeah. Also, when they're yeah, I'm just imagining small forest creatures, just unleashing all this. I'm chaos. I'm imagining it's like uh, like an MLM scheme. <laughs> You're approached by like a forest sprite to like buy a vacuum cleaner for X amount of dollars, but if you just recruit ten others, then you don't have to pay back the price of the vacuum cleaner. But they have to pay you. I'm not sure if that's the spirit of a fairy, but <laughs> that sounds depressing. They're probably not into that, actually. It's too much planning. Yeah. That's more of a devil thing, I think, actually. Yeah. 
Um, there's more. There's more to the the thing here. Though many of these pranks are spontaneous, months of preparation can go into a single spectacular practical joke. So that could be a fun idea. Where there's like maybe that there's a known there's a known fairy dragon who's gonna fuck with the king's birthday or something. Yeah. Oh. And you need to figure out what they're up to because the, he yeah. knows that the, every year this dragon does something to humiliate him. But maybe he's a bad guy. So then you yeah. you don't you you want to like get paid by him, but then you like meet the fairy dragon and you're like maybe they help maybe they enlist you the players into helping do the prank. Well, and he's the king. That's that's can't more than that, right? That sounds like exactly. an appropriate prank to me. Um, yeah, I also like the idea of maybe there is something almost like a fairy dragon religion where there's like the perfect ultimate prank that generations of Mm -hmm. fairy dragons have been working in preparation to pull off this uh, the the best prank oh yeah and um uh maybe the prank of god yeah exactly it's the prank of god and then maybe the player somehow somebody catches one was like this is actually a terrible idea (laughs) we shouldn't let them do this it will end the universe (laughs) if we let them pull off this prank like you could actually have it be a pretty high stakes yeah like armies will be mobilized and weapons brought to bear that cannot be sheathed again yeah if this april fool's tweet gets out I feel like you could also we uh there's probably some, um some more uh historical fairy dragons we can get into but I just want to get this out there too that um it would be fun to try to out prank the fairy dragons like you got to prank them back like maybe that's how you win their respect oh yeah that's not a bad idea like they're gonna keep pranking you and be some kind of barrier to whatever it is that you're trying to do. But what they're really doing is they're 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 goading you and they're they're trying to uh, uh, build you up to be the kind of person that can like prank them back, and then that's somehow a lesson learned. It's yeah. like, haha, see, you stick up for yourself. That's what I'm teaching you, anyways. This way, <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, an annoying yeah. fairy thing to do. Or they could be enlisting them in the prank wars. Yeah, there's like rival factions constantly pranking each other and the player characters are getting involved one way or another. I like, uh, you were mentioning, um, uh, like the villainy of doing pranks, but that's, um, it brings to mind the Northman, which I saw a couple weeks ago. And there's just the, the little part where, uh, Willem Dafoe is like the court jester this, in the Scandinavian way. So it's way more, uh, it's very grim and uh, shamanistic yeah. of a of a figure, but he's still like rolling around and like making making jokes at other people's expense, and he's all like gross. There's something about the uh, I think it's related to uh, like Puck into the fairy dragon, even though it's presented very differently. But it's like the sacred jester, like the idea of a jester, like some jesters. It's like you're allowed to be transgressive and to be foul and to even say things that like a normal person would get thrown in the dungeon for because there's like it's like a release valve like the the king needs to hear yeah this stuff and values it even though he would kill someone else but it's it's like sanctioned it's like by his sanction this one person is allowed to do it but that person has always walked a fine line like i think court jesters were like often like hung <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <You> totally <know? laughs> like or had their heads cut off or whatever like it's a just for doing their job yeah but i think what's nice what's uh separates like a a fairy dragon from even like a humanoid fairy of some sort is you're closer to animal in spirit and personality so you're not as beholden to the rules of like human culture as you would expect like a more human looking fairy to be and being a dragon is sort of like it's like you're not just a little bug you're not weak you're not uh, vulnerable you have you have everything you need to be like your own sovereign creature yeah it's like we were talking before how a dragon is like the combination of like a a dangerous cat who can like hunt and kill everything and a dangerous snake who's master of the ground and poison and surprise and a master of the air of the the birds 
but you're just a little wee chaotic little whimsical thing but like you don't need anyone else they don't they don't need uh protection they don't need um anyone else's permission to do things so they're like independent jesters of the world itself the only so i don't have any like fairy dragons in history or folklore necessarily it's just kind of like a thing that people have been painting and drawing for a long time yeah but i do have um something to say about puck as i alluded to earlier uh so there's no there's it's been a while since i've seen it uh i've never seen the play but i've seen the uh the one with christian bale (laughs) one of his first roles where he's not playing like a psychopath at all he's actually uh, a nice handsome boy and i'm just trying to look up what year that was 99 yeah kevin klein rupert everett stanley tucci in it the thing about puck is that there's not much character development in the story and there's no like one protagonist so critics usually point to Puck as being the most important character because uh, he sets the, the events in motion by his magic, which are both deliberate, like he, he changes one of the characters' head into a donkey's head, uh, and he also, he also puts a love potion into the wrong person's uh, he, he, eyes. He smears the, a love potion into like the wrong character's eyes. He's supposed to be obeying the orders of the King of Fairies, Oberon, but he messes up the person. So the whole event, like everything that happens in the play is sort of an of uh, reaction to him doing what he's supposed to do and what he's not supposed to be doing. Yeah. And he's uh he's capricious, he's a, he's a fun-loving guy. Uh he has evocative language, but it's he's sort of a a contrast to ideas of what fairies were at the time. I at the time of when the play was made, I don't think people really believed in fairies, but they were like still very prominent in stories. And they were like the kind of more delicate humanoid uh pretty things, but he's sort of like a weird uh almost like a satyr uh like a little beast boy. He's often thought more to be a he kind of call him like a, a hobgoblin which is a term originating in german but it's one of those words that are just like there's a whole bunch of you can uh mix hobgoblin with fairy with uh bogan yeah um there's no like true delineation but in general a hobgoblin seems to be a a fairy creature that like messes with people a little more directly um and in the one I saw in the in the film I saw with Christian Bell, he's wearing like a like a black uh, sheer mesh top, like he's at a goth club or something. Yeah, it's too much work maybe for a DM, but if you spoke in Shakespearean English, you could maybe steal these lines and try to insert them. Um, so this is this this is maybe uh, hopefully capturing the spirit of Puck that you can use for one of these dragons. I am that merry wanderer of the night. I jest to Oberon and make him smile. When I, a fat and bean-fed horse beguile, neighing in likeness of a filly foal, and sometime lurk I in a gossip's bowl, in very likeness of a roasted crab, and when she drinks against her lips I bob, and on her withered dewlap pour the ale. The wisest aunt telling the saddest tale, sometime for three-foot stool mistaketh me, then I slip from her bum, down topples she, and Taylor cries and falls into a cough, and then the whole choir hold their hips and laugh, and waxen in their mirth and knees and swear, a merrier hour was never wasted there. So uh, he hangs out in a gossip's bowl, listening to what they do, and then I don't know why, oh yeah, he looks like, he looks like crab, he pretends he's like their food, so he's like an invisible listener. Yeah. And he learns how to how to mess with people, and then uh, as the this person raises them to her lips, he like pours food on them. Dewlap is a loose fold of skin hanging from the neck or throat of an animal. Yeah, <laughs> you see him on iguanas. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> some dogs. A lot of dogs have some them. dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's got a different name when it's chickens and turkeys. Yeah. 
And then a wise aunt telling a sad story uh, tries to sit on a stool and then he moves the stool and they, she falls down and everyone laughs and is lightened up, at least by his uh, opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you could even steal some of that where it's like, maybe this lady hasn't been able to sit for like 50 years. <laughs> Because this dragon is just going way too far. Or there's this one tavern that's famous for just, like, things... It's Everyone gets less lucky in there. I don't know what it happens, but, like... Yeah. Just careful when you go in there. Stools are going all over the place, and uh, crabs are leaping out of your soup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a decent mystery that would take a while to figure out. Yeah, I think the less you telegraph a uh, fairy dragon, the better. Unless you, you know, I guess there's a couple ways to do it, but it's like, yeah. there's no easy way. Like the way they do it, they, the book, as is often the case, is not enough to really, like now, after we've been talking for a while, I'm like into having one. But if I just yeah. read the book and didn't really think much about it, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, it was, it was never, one. it was never a monster I like put too much thought into, but like now I'm like, yeah, oh, well, like what kind of like all kinds of circumstances that could be going on yeah. that could make it seem like something way bigger is happening that's just a fairy dragon you know yeah yeah we did a good job <laughs> yeah yeah you could also do something with the 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 love potion going wrong like uh fairy magic applied incorrectly somehow yeah. and then having to deal with the uh the outcome could be fun. You could be enlisted by Oberon to like undo his his wayward fairy dragon's uh like poor work. That's kind of funny actually. One of the uh one of the lines that Puck has, he has like the closing lines and he has sort of the uh I don't know if it's like a famous line, but I think it's quoted pretty often. If we shadows have offended, think but this and all is mended, that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. Meaning, like, if you're bothered by this, it was all a dream. Don't worry about it. Which is kind of what we were talking about with the uh, it's all cake or the yeah. uh, the breaking, making everything turn out to be uh, an illusion in the end is actually sort of in the spirit of, of Puck. Yeah. Just a fairy's whimsy, a fairy's dream. And Puck, like the fairy dragon, um, sometimes... He says that sometimes a horse I'll be, sometime a hound, a hog, a headless bear, sometime a fire, a neigh and bark and grunt and roar and burn like horse, hound, hog, bear, fire at every turn. So he's using the same spells that they have. Yeah. You know? Headless so, bear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a more. Yeah, this is a very direct um, influence. I think this might be the first time that there's been such like a direct and possibly one of the more modern influences. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, they're explicitly described as being puckish, right? And yeah. uh, they can do uh, most of the same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then beyond that, um, the only hint of an older origin is something called the Pyrausta, mm-hmm. also called a Pyralis, is a mythological insect-sized dragon from Cyprus. It is a four-legged insect with filmy wings and a dragon's head, and it lived in, uh, like, forge fires, like a salamander, and it died if it got too far from fire. And I actually read where this comes from. This is uh, Pliny the Elder, who I believe is the one who, uh, who died sailing towards Pompeii during the, uh, the eruption. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But he's so he he wrote um we've I think we've mentioned it a couple of times the uh the natural history is his great big book where he tried to write down everything he learned in his travels about the natural world but like a lot of it is pure imagination or speculation um but a lot of it is sourced and uh a lot of like work has been done to try to figure out what he's actually talking about in this case uh total he just he's just making it up or like he saw sparks and thought and he was really he was under the influence of a euphoria breath himself if you know what i mean um so now uh pyrosta is just a it was used as a a name for a group of species of moth that includes like thousands of species oh yeah to try to commemorate the the idea 
and that's it those are the only like real um you know there's like dragons and fairies but the a fairy dragon is something not really uh found too deep beyond midsummer night's dream and even then that's not a fairy dragon that's just the personality and the something else i thought of from my own childhood is figment the dragon from disney who is a uh, I don't think he's in any films, but if you go to like Epcot Center or wherever, he's like part of a ride. Right. And his his whole deal is that he's a dragon used by a wizard who I believe is Eric Idle, uh, who is made up of imagination and can change the world according to his imagination. But his but his ambition is very uh, low. <laughs> so he doesn't actually <laughs> do much a low stakes reality banger. yeah he can like do whatever yeah. but all he does is like make glasses appear when he like reads something right like, yeah you know but he's not because because he's good natured he doesn't want to he doesn't like mess with people i don't think he's 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 for the whole family yeah i'm looking at him right now yeah he i that was my uh my stuffed animal when i was a kid this was oh, the yeah? one that i would like freak out if i didn't have or like my parents had to like stitch him back together because I I loved him so much I tore him open and <laughs> so he, he had, like I had this like yeah. Frankenstein uh, purple dragon for a while yeah that's yeah classic and his he's described as having uh, various elements that the Dreamfinder who is the Eric Idle jolly wizard like scientist composed of various elements Dreamfinder found in his travels, including two tiny wings, large yellow eyes, the horns of a steer, uh, a crocodile's snout, and the childish delight found at a birthday party. One of the classic elements found in my travels. Yeah. <laughs> childish <laughs> delight. At a birthday party, yeah. Yes, along with uh, 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 alligator nose. Yeah, get this guy out of here. This guy should not be going to child's birthday parties. <laughs> Um, and if you, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate, but it's kind of the nature of the game, at least in my experience. Like if you bring a creature with a childish delight found at a birthday party, it's going to get, it's going to get robbed. It's going to get, you know, D and D is a, is a dangerous part of town. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful, like, introducing any, um, whether it's an NPC or if it's, it's like, um, like, thankfully, with Find Familiar, you can, like, just bring the familiar back. But, like, if you're, you like, if you have anything, uh, like, cute and innocent in the world, um, you either you bet it's i don't know it's 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 hard to keep it out of harm's way because of either the player's actions or like the dice you know yeah because sometimes stuff happens even if you've just decided plot wise that it's existed carefree up until it's encountering the players like all hell will break loose immediately yeah don't don't bring any cherished beloved family characters that you don't mind uh altering i know i always think about this with with like um uh you know because like with with some of the backgrounds and things you, you could have like not a fine familiar but you could just like have an animal companion like a regular animal companion but if you look at the stats in the monster manual normal animals are terrible yeah <laughs> they're all they're all like they are all so much weaker than they should be uh in in my opinion um a lot of them at least things like crocodiles and bears should be tougher you know um, yeah, chimps yeah, should be sure. chimps, chimpanzees, apes should be terrifying. They should be, they should have, they should be so strong. Um, but like, if you just have like a regular ass dog, like I would want to like make sure the players like, are you sure you want to bring this yeah, dog adventuring like, with you? Are you sure you want to do that? Like, I don't even include things like that usually. Yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> just, just because like, I like, I don't want. <laughs> I just don't want to. And I hate to be down. I don't want to assume that this game is awful and encourages awful behavior. But like, Like give you a magic dog who's actually a fiend that you can bring back whenever you want. You can have. That's why that's blink dogs, right? Like that's the whole thing we were talking about. Blink dogs. They're dogs that are as invincible as possible without just being straight up invincible. Yeah. Or there's just like the way Find Familiar works, right? Where it's like, yeah, you get yeah. this little guy. Um, it's okay. He's like a Pokemon. He doesn't die. He gets defeated. You can yeah. bring him back. He just faints. Yeah, we've all fainted. 
in there. It that actually uh in the first time I ever came across a fairy dragon, it was one of the familiars that you could get in in uh Baldur's Gate in and uh a, yeah. a, a game that has come up a lot in this podcast because it it's it kind of is Dungeons and Dragons in a weird way, but the find familiar spell it worked on your alignment and whatever your alignment was that you didn't get to pick your familiar. It was based on your alignment, which might have been how it worked in second edition, but I don't really know. Yeah. Um. But I think it was the neutral good option was was right. fairy dragon. Yeah. In the book, it's uh, chaotic good, so it's not going to mess with you too much. Good, yeah. But again, like if it's good, it's not going to really mess with you, right? Yeah. So you got to make it. You got to make it not good. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be like not necessarily, but it's just got it's it's motivated. When I think of like chaos, like chaoticness in in D and D, like it, it's motivated probably more by interesting than good, you know? Yeah, chaotic, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's uh that's all the show. There's yeah. another show next time. It's going to be the Flame Skull. It's going to be a very different vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So load up the Slayer. Um, bring your electric guitars. And we'll dig in next time. Take us out, Wes. All right. Well, I'm Wes. And this is Chris. Uh, uh, also here. <laughs> Monster. Out of here. 